0: And now, for something completely similar.
1: Liberty Bar- no, Bell March kicks into my head whenever I hear that. I do not believe that is our theme song. No, but it should be. Jason, do you really want to start off this episode
0: with a hot debate like That's this? right. <laughs> we want to steal the theme song from Monty Python for ourselves. I don't know what I'm doing. I think you're doing a different song now. Oh no, maybe maybe, you're, maybe you're doing the countermarch. Doo, 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 doo. Doo, 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 it's funny because this episode has nothing to
1: do with Monty Python. Not at
0: all. Not at all. Not even all. a single
1: cast member. No, because this is a podcast called Full Screen. And Country. And I am Brendan. And I'm Jason. And Jason, we normally on this podcast, we run down the British Film Institute Top 100 British Films of All Time list. But! As made in the year 1999. But! Okay, but now, but now, instead, instead, today,
0: today, and next week, not tomorrow, not yesterday. No, today, next week. Yeah, we are looking at sequels and or remakes and prequels and prequels and inspired by and sidequels, side side, side quests, side quests of yeah. movies we've already watched. So, as you know, if you've been listening, we did. Uh, what do we do? We did uh, Zulu Dawn last week. Was that last week? That was last week. We did Zulu Dawn, uh, the prequel to Zulu. We did uh, the remake of Dr. Zhivago. And we suffered through that with our friends Steve and Izzy. Thank you guys again for doing that. Uh, and what else did we watch? And we watched the remake of
1: the uh, the miniseries oh, with The Go-Between. Go right. We, or, not the miniseries, just a TV Just movie. a TV movie yeah. version. So what do we what do we cover? The go between, Zulu, Don, Henry V, Doctor Zhivago. Yeah, that leads us to today. That leads us to this week. We are covering the 2008 miniseries of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Hey. No. No. Oh. 2008 Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. And of course, <laughs> as uh, if you if you. If you didn't guess it already, you would have guessed it by listening to this iconic theme. Yes, of course, you know that theme, you've heard it, you know it well, you've heard it every single day of your life, it's the 2008 mini-series Sense and Sensibility theme song! Woo! Yeah! And that's what we're talking about. Sense and Sensibility, by the way, was number 62 on the list, the 1995 film, directed by Ang Lee. However, this film stars Hattie Morahan as Eleanor, Mm -hmm. uh, Charity Wakefield as Marion, and Don't trust
0: ladies named Charity.
1: That is not a stripper, uh, just (laughs) just so you know. Uh, Janet McTeer playing Mary Dashwood. That's the, uh, the mother. Yes, Mrs. Dashwood, I guess. Uh, Lucy Boynton playing Margaret Dashwood. That's the young girl. David Morrissey is Colonel Brandon.
0: It's not the same guy I thought of.
1: No, it's not the it's not from the band Morrissey. <laughs> no, no, you? no,
0: no. I was the uh, David uh, DeCovney No, from what? Well, He's a, a gray-haired American actor. With David, maybe David Morris. Niven uh he's been in great a great-haired american actor yeah, it david, was david niven, niven yes <laughs> david papadopoulos david morse david morse oh actor david uh, morse that would be strange who i remember because he has the same name as a friend of mine who's also called david morse 16 blocks is david morse yeah that one uh claire
1: skinner is playing the uh diabolical fanny dashwood dan stevens fucking right playing edward ferrars who uh you may remember him in a recent recentish film, uh, he's in the Beauty and the Beast remake. Oh, is he? Yeah, he he's plays the also Beast.
0: plays Matthew Crawley on Downton Abbey, who's sort of an Edward himself in some ways. All right then, Dominic Cooper plays Willoughby. He was one of the. He was what he was. He like Kusei uh, Hussein or in that uh, that uh, body double movie. He was one of the Hussein kids. One of the Hussein brothers. Wait, the Super
1: Hussein brothers. Okay, sorry, when you said that body double, I thought you meant the movie Body Double, yeah, but yeah. it was like Saddam Hussein.
0: Yeah, sure, it's, it's about Saddam Hussein.
1: It's an erotic thriller with Saddam Hussein and all his body doubles. Yes, absolutely. I <laughs> think Glenn Close shows up for some reason. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Anna Madley playing Lucy Steele. So, Jason, we're not going to go through the whole thing again, but just to kind of recap what Sense of Sensibility
0: was kind of about. What? What? Just real quick, run that run that down. So us. Sense of Sensibility is the story of the Dashwood clan, specifically the ladies. <laughs> the old man Dashwood, he goes ahead and dies uh, at the very beginning. And, and not he. played by Tom Wilkinson in this one, played that, by some other mook. Wow. Yeah. That would be funny if he was played by Tom Wilkinson. It would again. be funny, yeah, again. But uh, yeah, so it's about the Dashwood kids. Uh, uh, the ladies basically get turfed from their own home after their father dies, and their half-brother... Who inherits the home, moves him and his fucking bitch of a wife into the house, and the bitch of a wife, Fanny, she wants to get them out, because she doesn't want anything to do with them, because she's one of those uh, 19th century ladies that is allergic to other women that are, you know, that might actually be equal to her, or superior. So they kind of fuck around there for a little bit, until they uh, find a, a cousin of theirs, Sir John, played in this movie by Arthur Weasley himself, whose name, I forget the actor's name, but he was Arthur Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. That's his real name, he played yeah, himself. Arthur Weasley. Uh, so Sir John uh is a cousin of theirs that they haven't met but he offers them a cottage out in devonshire for 400 pounds a week which they can afford and that apparently is a pretty good price for uh, a a cottage of that nature Mm -hmm. so they end up moving out to the country and there the girls begin their sexual awakenings now for eleanor it is the story of her on her romance with one edward ferris That is kind of the main thrust of this movie. But we also have uh, uh, Marianne's romance with young Willoughby, who is a fella who saves her out in the rain uh, from, I assume, pneumonia, and uh, brings her back home. And we basically follow them through their trials and tribulations as they deal with their loves and then the complicating aspects thereof. Of course, Edward is secretly engaged to uh, uh, Miss Lucy Steele. Uh, unbeknownst to anyone but Lucy, Edward, and eventually Eleanor because for some reason Lucy decides to confide in Eleanor and that makes it real tough on her yes Uh, meanwhile Marianne is as I said rescued by Willoughby and they begin to have a bit of a romantic relationship and it looks like they might be gonna get married and then Willoughby just fucks off He, he just quickly leaves, he's like oh I gotta go take care of something, I can't stay and goes to the city long story short by the end of it, Willoughby's a piece of shit. He, uh, he uh, knocked up our friend Colonel Brandon's daughter. Colonel Brandon, who also his, had an interest in Marianne. His, he, his,
1: I guess, niece. We should mention, before we go any further, with this very brief befriended... In this one, they they make sure to tell you that this girl that Willoughby previously knocked up, 15
0: years old. Yeah, 15. And, and we actually see her in this one, and she has a couple lines. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, yeah, so he's basically a piece of shit who then... Uh, Married for money, because his aunt was going to disown him or something, and he needed money. Disinherit him or him, yeah. so he found a lady worth 50,000 pounds, and damn it, he married her. That's a big lady. Yeah, yeah, she was very large. The, the large CGI, and in charge. The CGI on that was pretty good. Yeah, well, it was pretty good for 2008. It's no Starship Troopers, but... <laughs> um, and meanwhile, uh, so yeah, and, and then uh, it, it over on uh, in Elner's drama, uh, eventually Edward's... Engagement to Lucy is found out when her mouthy bitch of a sister, Anne, lets it slip.
1: Which we're going to talk about that later, because yeah. that's different in the. That, that
0: is actually in this movie. That is from the book. Um yeah. And, yeah, and, and long story short, Eleanor and Edward get together when Lucy decides to marry Edward's brother, because he's got the cash. Robert. Yeah, and so and I also mentioned Colonel Brandon. He's also interested in Marianne throughout the movie, but kind of steps out of the way because clearly she's into Willoughby, but then at the end of the movie, he's there to step in and marry Marianne. And at the end of the movie, everybody's pretty happy.
1: Yeah, except for Willoughby, but except fuck Except for Willoughby, him. but
0: fuck him, yeah. He's got a bitch of a wife that he doesn't like, and... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she's a bitch, but that seems to be what he implies. But then again, he's not particularly trustworthy, so why would we listen to anything he says?
1: Exactly. Willoughby. So that was the uh, that was a very quick rundown of Sense Sensibility. Like we went into the plot in great detail when we did yeah. The please, if you, if you really
0: song. want to know about it, go listen to the other episode because I wrote a whole summary and everything.
1: Yeah, Jason worked really hard on that. I did. He actually won a Pea. Uh, actually, Jason, I've got, I've got a little surprise for you. Oh, is it a Peabody? I just read the Peabody Awards uh-huh, page, uh-huh. and I looked up best summary written for a podcast. Yeah. And you uh-huh. were nominated, but, but I mean, it's an honor just to be nominated. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it was close. Finally. I made something of myself. My parents will be finally happy. Congratulations. Thank you. Yee. Yee. You did win. Oh. But it's an honor to be nominated. I mean, yeah. Honor, of course, with an, with a U.
0: Yes, I mean, we're doing a British podcast, Brendan. Of and course. And we are Canadian. Honor, color, theater, with an R-E and not an E-R. Yeah, you fucking monsters. Mm. Don't know how to use the damn language.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's get into this a little bit then. Um... The first thing I think I want to say overall about this is this is like Sense and Sensibility after Dark. Yeah. This was a little bit more, this had a little bit more sexy going on. Not
0: a whole lot more, but a, a little, little bit, bit
1: more. A little bit more. I mean, we start off with a pretty hot, yeah, steamy we're right scene. Yeah, we right into a bodice being torn off. And when I realized after that she was supposed to be 15, I was a
0: little bit, I was a little bit concerned. Well, the
1: actress is clearly not fifteen, but I'm this...
0: I'm sure you'll mention this later, but uh I believe the, the writer of the series, Andrew Davies, was quoted as something along the lines of it's like, oh it's got all this underage sex and it's more interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have an exact line.
1: <laughs> well hell, why don't we just go into well, this right, talk now. About it right now? Because yeah, writer Andrew Davis was uh was basically planning to adapt this into a major TV drama. And he says, This is his quote. He said, when they're, when they're great stories, you keep on coming back to them and doing them in different ways with different people at different lengths. Uh, he said, uh, "He said Austin was his favorite novelist, Jane Austen, not Stone Cold Steve. But he is a good novelist. He is a good
0: novelist. If you've read the adaptation of The Condemned, it is great. Or, or
1: the WWE Cookbook. Yeah,
0: well, that's I one mean, of the best.
1: His Stone Cold uh, popsicles are the best. <laughs> But he, but here's the thing. Again, we talked about this when we talked about Dr. Zhivago. It's people adapting things and then ca- being like, oh, you know, classic, but also here's the problem with it. Yeah. And this is him again. He's, he's attacking the source material. Well, the source material, but the previous well, he, he adaptation. L- he literally
0: even says, like, we want to make you forget about the old sense of sensibility. This yeah. is not your father's sense of sensibility. He didn't say that. That's my line, but... So here's the thing that Jason was talking about. This is this is a
1: little problematic, I think, and I think you point you pointing it out, <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I just, thought it was wonderful. You, you thought you did think it was wonderful. I agreed. Oh my lord! Well, now when I say it, you will be canceled, Jason. <laughs> um, so the opening episode, we should mention this is a mini series. This is in three fifty-five minute episodes, so it's a little bit under three hours. And
0: note to producers out there, if you're gonna remake old uh, uh, old movies as like. Three, four hour pieces Break them up into one hour episodes Makes them a whole fucking lot easier to watch I'll tell you that much Yeah, agreed This was not the pain in the ass to watch That Dr. Zhivago was for many reasons But one of them was the fact that it was three separate episodes
1: Not even, uh, I thought it was even easier to watch Than The Go Between, which was 90 minutes Yeah, agreed So, uh, But the opening episode we talked about that Begins with the seduction of Eliza by Willoughby Again, a 15 year old girl And yeah, Andrew Davies says said he wanted to do justice to Willoughby's backstory, saying, and I quote, It is quite interesting and steamy stuff, like a lot of underage sex that goes on and is just talked about. I wanted to put it on the screen. To which I say, gross. (laughs) That should not be your motivation. I'm surprised he said
0: that out loud, even in 2008.
1: He said that to uh, the Western Mail, I'm guessing
0: some sort of newspaper
1: or... Whatever. Maybe he figured it's a newspaper. No one's going to read this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a newspaper that's like out of some small town in Montana. Nobody's ever going to read it. Uh, He went on to add that the seduction and abandonment of a schoolgirl in the novel needed dramatizing.
1: Uh, He said he believed readers hardly noticed the moment, which he felt was very important. Uh, And he said the... Uh, the the series was more overtly sexual than previous adaptations of Jane Austen, and said the novel is about is as much about sex and money as social conventions. I don't think so. I don't think the novel is as sexual as this guy thinks it is. I
0: haven't read it, so I can't I can't rightly say.
1: I I just based on the fact that the Jane Austen society. Hmm. Responded to this film kind of negatively, mm. saying that Andrew Davis was definitely like sexing it up, <laughs> uh, like a lot more than necessary. Like I don't know. I think I kind of like the 1995 version being kind of quaint and PG and not even. The, yeah, was- the,
0: the reason that this maybe this story doesn't have as much sex as he wants, uh you know, I think it's a product of the era. I feel like if this exact story was written today, there'd be so much sex going on. But because it was back then, and the idea of like oh well, you had to get married to fuck you know that that uh, throws a wrench in the the works of just having people, you know, get down and dirty with 15 year olds. Yeah. Well, I mean, you may, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, whatever floats your boat, uh but then you'll get arrested. So be aware of that. Yeah,
1: don't get your boat floated. No. Davies also said like he thought um that Eastfeld did not overcome the problem of the guys who get the girls not seeming quite good enough. It's a weird thing. So he's saying sense of
0: sensibility doesn't have as much of the guys as it should. Yeah. And I'm like it's not about them. Well, he didn't. He didn't think they were. They were as manly as they could have been, and they should have been more manly because then they would have been apparently more. Like they would have seemed like the girls were more deserving of them that they were, or that they were deserving of the girls because they were a little bit more manly. Yeah, which I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, certainly, Colonel Brandon in this movie is slightly more manly than Alan Rickman, and uh, Dominic Cooper is way less manly than the guy in the previous version.
1: And it's now. We could get really into that because are they saying that the less manly, the less deserving you are of these women? Well, that's that was Cause <laughs> that was what of, I read into it. Because that's kind of a weird thing, right? Yeah. That's a very like that's a very like gender stereotype yeah.
0: thing. Well, because in my head I thought like, oh, this idea of like, yeah, the gender stereotypic of like, oh, they have to be deserving, they have to be more manly. It's like, well, but that's not always true in life. I mean, you know, Ma- Marion essentially settles for a guy uh, in Colonel Brandon. Now, to be fair, Colonel Brandon's a great dude, but. She does essentially settle for this guy, so the idea that he'd be like super manly and and I, I don't know if that really works as much as like kind of the Alan Rickman take on it. That's a little more reserved, I would say. Even though I mean, the difference in reserve is is minor, but on the British scale, it's quite vast.
1: Yeah, and like yeah, they have like the whole duel scene in this movie with yes. like Brandon and Willoughby. So we we could get into that too. Like that's a very like oh manly display of our well, wills we're we're having a duel for the rights of Marianne, or whatever so, so
0: while we're talking about the duel two yeah. things I have to mention the first one is a question which is so we, so the second episode ends yeah. and then immediately we see like next episode on and it shows that duel right? yes so, spoiler alert for people watching it. Second of all...
1: <laughs> for people that are on, just on the second episode right now, spoiler alert, the third episode of the Second off,
0: and all, and, and help me out here, because maybe I was re- watching, or, like, typing a note or something, and didn't... Did they talk about the duel ever? Like, we see it for, like, seven and a half seconds. No. But then it doesn't come up. No. Okay, so here's the thing. In the book, as I understand Sense and Sensibility, th- this duel happens. However, in the book, it is not like, shown, like, like there's not, like, a chapter describing the dual play out. Uh, it is not described anybody. We only really know about it because it is talked about both by Brandon and Willoughby in kind of, like, abstract terms of having happened. Yeah. Um, so, I actually found an article online, an academic article that was arguing that that was the heart of the novel and that it was not actually, people don't recognize that because it's not, you know, it's not in your face. It's just kind of, like, around the edges referred to. So... Now, obviously, with this, I think they took it to put it back in the movie, not necessarily because it was the heart of anything, but because it then gave us a scene of two guys hitting each other with swords. And then we get to see Colonel Brandon win the duel and then just be like, eh, I'm not going to kill you. And do you, do you feel like this one also, they,
1: they make a point to almost make the story more about them? Yeah. Like later on. Like they're. They're in right a women
0: in love approach to this.
1: <laughs> really, though. Like you watch the 1995 film, you watch the Angleese film. They're there. They're 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 pretty important characters. You know, I feel like they're full, fully fledged characters in that movie. I don't. I don't feel like yeah. Andrew Davies' criticisms are uh, founded, but it, it's like they're not. In this one they tell you Right up front Like these guys Don't like each other mm-hmm. They're They're gonna feud Over this w- woman It's like This is I, I'm not watching Goddamn Bridget Jones's Diary here guys Like mm. This is not about The the men It's about the women yeah. It's about the women And their lives And how they're struggling After this whole thing Has like left them Basically Not penniless But you know yeah. Struggling Struggling for, yeah.
0: for Struggling as far as Rich aristocrats go <laughs>
1: Yeah Well I mean They can't They're they, they basically Robbed of their own money Because yeah. you know Fanny Dashwood is horrible uh, so yeah, that's like a, that's like a major thing here is the sexing it up, the the st- more stereotypical male roles, the mm. manly men. uh, It's almost like that was it like a Monty Python's "We're Men, We're Manly Men." That's from something. I men, it was, men, men. I thought it was Monty Python. I could be wrong. What I also thought was uh, another thing I thought was interesting, and this doesn't really have anything to do with what we just talked about. But well, I just we could th- just jump all over the place. I just wanted to throw this in here: is that Hattie Morahan? Uh, who plays Eleanor, Eleanor. Uh, she said that she never watched the 1995 version of Sense of Sensibility because she didn't want to view Emma Thompson's performance and subconsciously do something of that. Also, Charity Wakefield, who plays Marianne, was originally going to play Eleanor. Huh. Because, I don't know if you know this, uh, Jason, but in the book, they're supposed to be 17 and 19. Yeah. And in this movie, they're claiming that they are 17 and 19, yeah. which I believe, in Marianne's case, I have a hard time believing that with Eleanor. She looks a little bit too Liberator, much around Emma she looks Thompson's like mid, age. Mid-20s at least. Yeah. Well, actually, the actress is 30, Yeah, so she's not far off from where Emma Thompson was when they filmed this. And she looks closer to her age mm-hmm. to me than... Um, but but the crazy thing is, Hattie Morahan, who plays Marianne, is 28. So they're only two years apart. Hmm. So I, I just thought that was kind of interesting.
0: I believe she was a nubile underage girl. <laughs> <Yes.
1: laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, the I think Willoughby's supposed to be like what twenty-five or
0: something. He's a young yeah. lad. He, he seems like he's much older in the uh, in the nineteen ninety-five version of the actors. I mean, maybe he isn't, but maybe it's just a question of maybe that guy smoked a lot. I don't know. Like I mean, the I, movies.
1: I wonder if this movie being a little or the the movie being a little less sexy, like the '90s one. I wonder if that had to do with Kate Winslet's age. Because her real age at the her age at the time in reality she was seventeen, so I mean yes we've learned from Doctor Zhivago, you can get away with some stuff when they're not eighteen, yeah. but maybe they didn't want to, and the fact that the film was rated PG. Yeah, well, and that was that was a theatrical film, whereas the uh, the, the that's that, very that... much very much yeah we I mean it's a British film in the sense that it's on this list, but it's very close to being an American film. Yeah, yeah. I mean with an American distribution company and all budget. That yeah and box office take yeah <laughs> making a ridiculous amount of money uh, but yeah let's get let's let's get into more of this here so Jason what
0: what, what are the other kind of like bigger bigger things you noticed in this one uh, well we can talk about I'll I'll, talk, I'll point it out now because we already mentioned it the the character of Lucy Steele yes uh, is solo in the 1995 version and this is a change from the book uh, when the moment comes that she her marriage is revealed to fanny in that 1995 movie it's she attempting to confide in fanny and then fanny going fucking nuts once she hears it uh whereas actually in the book and as we see in this version she has a a sister named Anne who is a uh what's the word um Im- a chatterbox i believe <laughs> imbecile imbecile no she's <laughs> She's just a chatterbox. She likes to talk. And as a person who likes to talk, as a person who won the Mr. Chatterbox Award in 1988 at the French Preschool in Turro, I can tell you that uh, she's a chatterbox. And Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. I won it. Mr. Chatterbox. Mr. Chatterbox Award. You remember those uh, Mr. X books? Like It was like Mr. Happy and Mr. Sad? So, yes. I won the Mr. Chatterbox Award. You know what? I think you just—if you ever get into the world of professional
1: wrestling—you just find your gimmick. That's right. I'm the chatterbox. Oh, <laughs> well, here's Mister Chatterbox cutting another uh, 47 minute promo. <laughs> yeah. Still, ah, nah, nah, nah. still shorter than Triple
0: H. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take
1: that! Uh, well, yeah. So Anne in the, so this version, Anne, the sister, yeah. accidentally reveals.
0: She it. lets it slip. She's hanging out with uh, with uh, Fanny and Edward's mother. We oh, um, did. Do we even see her in the original? Edward's mother. Did. I don't think so. I think oh. she's referred to. Especially when the when they because at the they do it in this movie and I think they do it in that one where they ask oh and how is Mrs. Ferris and he's just kind of like she's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> would you like to just uh, like hear a little bit of that scene? Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's play it for the folks. Let's play the scene here. So again, if you remember the original, like Jason just said, uh, Lucy accidentally lets it sl- or no, Lucy te- confides in Fanny, thinking that they've grown close. Yeah. Of course, that is not the case. No. And Fanny beats her about the head. Yeah. Uh, and in this one, Lucy's sister Anne accidentally lets it slip to the family
2: to be sure i do not know where lucy has got to i've just got a little errand Anne, she said and what errands that i said never you mind she said she never tells me anything and did you say mr edward has come in today oh yes i suppose you haven't seen him for some years since he was at school with your uncle no indeed we've seen him very often he comes to see us very regular. In Plymouth? You visit you in Plymouth? Yes, very often. And why should he do that? Well, he comes to see Lucy, of course. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that. It's a secret. What's a secret? I demand that you answer me. Why... That Lucy and Edward are sweethearts. They've been engaged these four years. What? John! John! Please don't be angry with me. John!
0: Anne Steele, of course, being the inspiration for Robbie Coltrane's take on Hagrid in the Harry Potter movies. You know, Harry po- Hagrid going, oh, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have said that. Straight from Anne Steele. Wow. Yeah. You were holding on to that one. Holding on to it all day. I thought of it this morning <laughs> so I made what, it up
1: So what do you think Like this is This is the version In the book What do you think of Like Anne Like including this character Like do you think She's a She's a necessary character Or do you feel like Like I'll just say My opinion I kind of like The 1995 one A little bit more mm-hmm. Cause it doesn't need to It feels like This one has to have Like a dimwit character And I feel like Lucy's confidence in the original or in the last one i guess mm. is more of a funny thing where she's
0: like oh I've, i could confide in her and of course mm. it leads to
1: her own downfall
0: what do you but what do you think like do you I, see i i like the, i like the way that Anne does it because that makes more sense to me that she would let it slip rather than because i because I, I don't think lucy's that stupid that she wouldn't get a sense that fanny was not somebody to <laughs> tell anything to um i i think yeah i i do like this version of it better so we differ ha ha we shall have a duel, All right. to prove our manliness. Foils or
1: pistols? Uh, boils. No, foils. Oh. Foils. I'm gonna throw my boils at you. No, oh. well, that could be fun.
0: <laughs> at least oh. I won't die. Oh, up.
1: you may in in about a, a year or two. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what else we got here? So, other big differences in this film, in this mini series, I guess. It's it's very
0: faithful. I will say that.
1: It's very close to the book. It's very close to the book. Much it, like Zhivago miniseries was closer to the book than the but it's But it's,
0: it's... You know, th- there's differences, but it's still pretty close. Even to the 95 version, they stuck pretty close, uh, despite a few small changes made. There are entire scenes where the dialogue has not changed. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is... Yeah, it's probably straight out of the book. Uh, Some of the uh, uh, sets were a little more interesting to me. Um, when they start... When they go to that party at the beginning of episode two, I thought that was a really interesting like just a good happening scene you so know? they're talking of the of the,
1: of the where mary kind of recognize uh, sees willoughby yeah yeah it just and seems like a much more fancy
0: party going on
1: yeah uh this also still like honestly too the the opening where fanny is convincing john to you know john's gonna like oh their father died i'm gonna give them Mm. this much money and she's like oh that's too much and he's like oh how about this much oh that's too much like it's very much the exact same scene as the as the 90s one Mm -hmm. and i noticed the one thing they do that's really interesting and (laughs) makes me laugh a lot is they have that young boy henry a young redhead boy yes and as he's like, like fat little boy yeah and as he's like eating in the in the in the in the wagon or whatever, I feel like the sound design team turned that up just a little <laughs> bit more than everything else because it's very like. <laughs> it's like made to highlight kind of the awkward silences between everyone. Yeah, he,
0: there was no Henry in the ninety-five version, was there? Or was there was he a just boy yeah. there in the background, but he wasn't as made
1: so much of a he, spectacle. Didn't get a. he
0: didn't get a few shots specifically on him. Right. Well, I think we saw him, but it wasn't like I don't think they heightened it like they did in this one. In the ninety-five version, did Willoughby give her a horse? No No see so that's a big one here That he comes over And gives her a horse Which is uh, to, to Marianne yeah To Marianne Which is a big deal I mean you know This is like giving somebody A car Yeah And uh, By the way um, thank you for the car And, and they're like the family is, yes, i happy to help. Uh, the family is, is like, no, you can't take this. And yeah, we can't they, even care for it. They make a good point because if I didn't own a girl for three weeks and I give her a car, that's a big, that's a weird gesture at that point. And like anything, if you get a gift from someone, beware what it's going to cost you. What yeah. is that going to cost you? You know, nothing's free.
1: Well, and here's the thing, too. Um, we get another layer to that is that when he gives her this car, yes, Eleanor is saying, like, oh, Wow (laughs) No when he gives her the car (coughs) It's a Bentley Yeah No when he gives her the horse um, He gives it to Mary Eleanor also At the back You know at the back of her mind She's also like She doesn't believe in this relationship She doesn't think it's going to last And she's she's hesitant to Willoughby Throughout this whole thing which i think they lay that on a bit more thick in this one i think it's i think it's a, done a little bit better in the 90s one it's a little more subtle
0: so well well i would even say side note that this whole thing like the dr Zhivago movie and like um go between is is just a little more straightforward and on the nose yeah than previous versions and yeah. that's fine that's just that's, that's just, Making changes
1: that that is fine but i, th- I think it is a, a minor negative yeah. against it um but but yeah so I think Eleanor is also saying, like, well you take this horse, you're furthering this relationship, and I think she really doesn't believe in this relationship, slash doesn't want Marion to be devastated when it doesn't work out.
0: Can I Which... have this horse for the rest of my life? Which back then is a possibility. What are you what, I mean, people died young? What 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 are you singing? You know that song? Can I have this dance for the rest of my life? No? no? I guess you didn't grow up with country in the late '80s, early '90s, Brendan. Thank the Lord for that. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> uh, well, let's
1: talk about. Uh, so, of course, we uh, there's the, the costume design. I've written that I really like the costume design mm-hmm. in this one, much much like the '90s one. Lots of bright colors, lots of lots of bright whites and colors
0: that pop out in the background. But all, but also a very like I would say overall a darker, wetter feel than the previous uh, <laughs> right. version. Well, I mean, and and I say that because England famously, you know, rains a lot. Yeah. And I really get that sense from this one. I feel like the 95 version was a little more lush color-wise, but this one also is still colorful at times, but like it it works for this. It gives it that Northern England kind of feel. Although I don't know, I don't think the Devonshire is in Northern England, but... (laughs) Have you noticed that the... um the
1: positioning of everyone in this movie is very stilted, and I think mm. it's done intentionally. But everyone's all like very static, very like in place. Like even when the Dashwoods are introduced, every single scene where they're together and they're introduced in a, like standing all together, they're always like in descending order. Yeah, like a like tallest to shortest, which is also oldest to youngest. Yeah,
0: which and I-, I would argue that that is part of the culture of. Being a woman at that time, uh, and actually to go a little later in the movie, um, I believe, or in the series, in the third episode, uh, let me see, um, Margaret says a line, uh, along the lines of, men can ride around the country and do things while girls sit and wait for things to happen to them. So while they're sitting and waiting for shit to happen to them, they learn those sorts of like things, like, okay, if we present ourselves, we got to get in this order because that's just how you do it, and... Yeah. Oh, on that line, by the way, I wrote down, Margaret is a
1: feminist? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very, <laughs> very much so. It's a very, feminist, of her time. it's a very feminist line.
3: What are you writing? Are you telling them to come home? No, I think it would be better for Marianne not to come home for a while. Because if she came home, everything would remind her of him. Exactly. Kings and queens. Richard Second. Willoughby's a scoundrel, isn't he, Milan? Kings and queens, Meg. If I were a brother instead of a sister, I would fight Willoughby and kill him with my sword. Well, then it's a good job you're not, for I would hate to see you hang for murder. I wish I was a man. Girls can never do anything. Men can ride about the country and do things. And girls just sit and wait for things to happen.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: Oh! Oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. No, it was a different subject. So okay, so said.
0: well, I was going to say another difference in this movie uh, that we see is there in the second episode we have a direct scene of Willoughby and Brandon having a essentially a brief conversation about Marianne, and Brandon sort of threatening, <laughs> threatening him like "You heard her, I'll fuck you up, man." Basically, that's, that's the actual line. Yeah, it's yeah. direct quote.
1: And uh, then it goes back to flowery English for the rest of the series. Because I
0: don't think, I don't remember them having a confrontation no. like that in the 95 No, version. and that goes back
1: to what we just said, is yeah. that this movie makes it a lot more obvious. Lot more clear. certain, yeah. certain uh, conflicts. Uh, and I do want to play this other little clip here because they actually address something in this miniseries that they don't address in the 90s one. I don't believe they address it. And I think they're addressing it because it's a more modern audience and they, they, they think that maybe modern audiences would think it's weird if they don't mention it. And I'll just play the clip here.
2: And is this what everybody thinks? How mortifying! Eleanor! You like him, Marianne? (sighs) Yes. But because he is the only person in the neighborhood with whom one can have an intelligent conversation, I never thought he meant... Eleanor, he's too old! He is
3: 35, Marianne. Five years younger than I am, and I never thought of myself as being quite decrepit. That's unfair, Mama. You know I never meant that. Most people, I think, would still consider Colonel Brandon a young man. No one's forcing him upon you, my dear, but men of 35 have married girls of 17 before, I believe.
1: So I don't think they address it in the 90s one. No. I don't believe so. I, don't, I,
0: mean, I can't imagine that, that the age difference comes up in the book because that was no, pretty no, standard no, no. for that era. No, this. no. No. This, I can tell you...
1: With ninety percent certainty, having never read one word of the book, this is not in the book. This is there's no way. But I think this is the 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 filmmaker saying, okay, we better address this because people are gonna be like, well, why the fuck is she going after a man that's twice her age? Yeah. <laughs> which I, again, they don't even have like a like a kiss on screen, much like Winslet and Rickman didn't. Which th- again, thank thank you, Angley. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but it is a thing that they actually address here. And like I said, I think it's because people would think it was weird if they just left it in the dark. Uh,
0: uh, Rickman and Kate Winslet did kiss in a deleted scene from Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. What? No, I'm just I'm <laughs> I was just like, with are you. either one of them in that? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: and then I thought I was going to say Emma Thompson and Hugh Grant had a deleted scene kiss in the, in the oh, last one. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, it comes off a little awkward, so I think that's, that's why, probably they, why it. they cut it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't need it. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting lines. There's two lines in this, in this that I really like that kind of have a uh, a little bit of symbolism, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, extra Mm. meaning in them. And there's one that says, uh, Willoughby of Allenham has left some very muddy footprints in the passage. (laughs) It's like when he walks in the first time and, uh, she's like, oh, that's Willoughby of Allenham. And that's what Eleanor says. And that's a very telling line, like muddy footprints. Mm -hmm. It has like, he's gonna, he is going to do some damage to this. He's been walking
0: through some shit. Let me tell you.
1: Yeah, he's he's gonna muddy this all up or cause some kind of shakeup. He's just mm-hmm. made everything complicated. Yes. The other one I like is somebody says this uh, about something. Somebody mentioned something about wolves, and this is when Willoughby is around, and someone says, "There's no wolves in England," and that's another. Mm. I think that's another reference to Willoughby. And there is one now, though. Yeah, being a kind of wolf, like a like a liar, kind of ow, a ow, ow, ow.
0: seducer. Ha ha ha. Clap for the wolf man. What he the? gonna rate your record high. Excuse me? You got the curves, baby, and I got the angles. Ex- <laughs> that is not the clap. Oh. Clap for the wolf, man. He gonna dig it till the day you die. A Saturday night. Okay, we're gonna Down get sued. Baby, I can stop right on a dime. We should stop. We're gonna get sued. Guess who? They're not coming after us. <laughs> Oh. Come, come for me burton Cummings. i will fuck your mustache up i was gonna say Bert, i was gonna say burt Bacharach. <laughs> it's my favorite board hey part. i'm here on behalf of burton Cummings. <laughs> burt
1: we're both burts so we stick together That's right okay we're falling off the rails <laughs> um yeah so again oh um this is another scene that is not in the film and i want i did want to play the, this clip too this is after they are in the cottage or whatever, so Eleanor gets up and notices her mother's writing a letter. Hmm. And she finds out that she's writing, writing a letter to Edward,
0: yeah.
1: uh, getting him to come visit them, because they've been away from him for quite some time, and uh, let's, just, let's just listen and learn and laugh.
3: I was lying awake and I couldn't get it out of my head why Edward hasn't come to see us, so I decided to write and invite him directly. Mama, you mustn't do that. Now, why ever not? He is our friend, our true friend, but perhaps he felt he didn't have sufficient invitation to justify his coming. You know, he is a little shy and diffident. No. He knows he is welcome. And he said that he would come soon. So if he delays or if he does not come at all, then it must be with good reason. Now, what good reason could he possibly have not to come and visit us? I don't know, but there must be some explanation. But I do beg you, Mamma, not to embarrass him by pressing the invitation upon him. We would not want him to come here reluctantly or unwillingly. I'm sure Edward would never be unwilling or reluctant to see us. Then please let him alone to come in his own good time
0: come on woman like it's it's the seven late 1700s you have to ride everywhere on horseback it probably takes him like fucking nine days to get there like uh, he's 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 a a man about town he's got stuff going on he can't just be there all the time we know he's not that manly because he hasn't had a duel scene that's true that is very true (laughs) but again this
1: speaks to more this is a this is a scene it's like a character building scene i think for eleanor showing Mm -hmm. her the kind of reserve she has i mean you Sense of sensibility. Like, we talked about this when we talked about the the, the Ang Lee movie. Sense is one sister. Sensibility is the other sister. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Sense is, I think, Eleanor. Oh, I was going to say Eleanor because she has... No, 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 you're right. Sensible is Eleanor. I think Sense is Marion because she just goes basically on a whim. She
0: she very much wears her heart on her sleeve, whereas um, uh, Eleanor is realistic... And wise for her age that she, despite whatever happens, that she knows that it's always a possibility that it's not going to work out. And then, of course, then when she meets Lucy and Lucy gives her the word that, oh, yeah, we're secretly engaged. She has to accept the fact that it's not going to happen and, and deal with that. And, of course, later in the movie, then we have the scene where she explains to Marianne that, no, I've been dealing with this. You think I don't feel. I've been feeling this the whole time. And I've been feeling it extra because I can't talk to anybody about it. I want to go
1: back to Lucy again for a second. Sure. Because I remember when we did the film, we had a Twitter comment mm-hmm. about uh, like a Twitter thread, really, about how Lucy was kind of evil mm-hmm. and how she was kind of
0: rubbing it oh, in yeah. Eleanor's face. See, I don't get that. I, I don't, don't. I don't know if it's intentional, but it certainly comes across that way. Like, because there's no, because why would Lucy have any idea that Eleanor either was like, they like had anything to do with yeah. Edward? Other than, I mean, I think she knows that she either kn- he that she knows Edward, but I don't think beyond that she would have any inkling. Because obviously, because she's married to him. Uh, she doesn't come across as as evil, I suppose, but it feels like it just because of the constant of it. It feels like she should know something, even though it's clear she doesn't. Well, I mean, I, I've been told, I've been told by a few people that like knowing she's knowingly
1: doing stuff like this just to get under Eleanor's skin, and I don't know. Maybe if maybe they're talking about the scenes after um, after Eleanor has. Has they have that awkward moment where the the mm. those two and Edward and Marion are all in the same room together? Maybe that's when Lucy kind of puts two and two together to make four because that's what two and two together is. Oh, yeah, neat. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna write that down. We'll we'll talk more about it later. All right, but um, maybe that's maybe after that she becomes because she does it like after the, there are scenes of her going up to Eleanor being like, oh, isn't it so grand that I'm going to see Edward again and stuff like this? So maybe maybe but like I don't think the movie or the miniseries really ever says
0: that. I mean, unless you could argue that uh, I guess you could interpret it. Hey, if you want to interpret it that way, that's fine. I mean, you could even argue that if uh, when she first is talking to Eleanor and she notices that tiny British amount of of slight twitch in her face that that shows that she has an emotional reaction to this thing, (laughs) um... And then she just is a bitch and wants to dig in on that because she wants to get a reaction out of her. I mean, if you wanted to argue that, I suppose, but there's no evidence to that in the movie. She just, or at least in the miniseries, she comes across just as, you know, a young, naive girl who's excited that she wants to get married to this guy and finally has a woman that she can talk to about it. I mean, and, and that kind of offsets, you know, or that kind of reflects the fact that Eleanor can't talk about it, whereas Lucy gets to get it all out mm-hmm. because she has somebody to talk to in Eleanor. But Eleanor has nobody to talk to. Even though Marianne, I'm sure, would have been more than happy to listen to her, but again, but again,
1: you're, you talk to Marianne. She talks to Marianne, and Marianne is like, "Oh, go for it, go for it. You gotta, you gotta get him. You've gotta yeah. get him."
0: Like she's... Marianne being the romantic, obviously, and, yeah. and the sense, the sensitive one. Yes, yes. Sensitive and sensibility. Is there any pride and or prejudice in this film?
1: But there are zombies. Oh, and sea monsters. I must have missed those, but. It was in the third episode for about. It was oh, it was in the background of the duel. All right, that's why I missed yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, the sea monsters were watching. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah,
1: just a quick cut to some sea monsters
0: watching the <laughs> <a> duel.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, masterpiece theater. It presents Jason's uh, performance of. <laughs> thank you, thank sea you, sea monster. Um, <laughs> Would that have been great? <laughs> Would have been great in a movie to just see like something so ridiculous in the background like like it's like it's fucking like if the Zucker's directed this movie but like they never go back to it it's never mentioned it's never addressed just as he nielsen wanders through the scene (laughs) i thought these were buttons (laughs) um yeah i mean uh anything else you want to talk about that's like uh you know different the same
0: uh well one thing i wanted to mention is that uh, when they're getting ready to go out, I think, to the country when Colonel Brandon gets called away on business. Yeah. Which turns out is to deal with deal with Eleanor. Or not Eleanor. Uh, Eliza. Yeah. Eliza, daughter of Eliza. It's like, whoa,
1: you just opened up a whole Pandora's box there. <laughs>
0: um, they're all dressed up to the nines. And, and Willoughby is wearing a top hat that is just slightly too big in such a way that it makes it look ridiculous. So do you think that's a statement on, like... Like he's a phony? Yeah, that he... He's misrepresenting himself a bit with his position. He's got this hat that's just too big for him, and that's not the sort of hat he should wear. He should wear one slightly smaller.
1: Yeah. yeah, that, that, That's probably a little thing they threw in there, for sure.
0: Oh, I wanted to mention, too, the, the fellow that plays the Hugh Laurie role in this movie, or in this miniseries, is perfectly fine in that role and gets a few lines, but A, they don't give him anything to do, and B, he's no Hugh Laurie. I noticed, as soon as I
1: saw the guy playing that playing that role I was like Jason's gonna have some words yeah because
0: I love you, Laurie and Hugh Laurie is so good at, at many different types of characters uh, and obviously in recent years his his work as a grumpy character has been you know put pushed forward as house on but he's very and, grumpy in series. and of course you're referring to his performance as house on the show Oz yes <laughs> yeah he, he got raped in prison and, and bit off uh, uh, J.K. Simmons dick right yes I forgot about that scene <laughs> yeah now you have to remember it so oh, enjoy that oh, oh, oh. Take that. Actually, I think, I actually think J.K. Simmons' dick was bit off by Chet from uh, uh, the TV version of Weird Science. R.I.P. Ernie Hudson as the warden.
1: Ernie Hudson's still alive. No, his character dies. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it all. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert for a show that aired 20 years ago. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> Fucking Lance Hendrickson was in that shit. Not Lance Hendrickson. God damn it. What's the other Lance? The Black Lance. I don't know. Lance, uh, yeah, he was in The Wire. He's in Horizon Zero Dawn. Redick. Lance Reddick, yeah, he's okay. great. I love that guy. Why isn't he in this movie? <laughs> Can you tell me what kind of accent Anne has? Anne Steele. Uh, it, it sounds a bit like. I want to say it sounds a little more northern because she's got a bit of this, you know. It's a little, but but uh, but my to be fair, my knowledge of English accents is limited. Uh, maybe more than your average person, but certainly no, no. I'm no Henry Higgins in this matter. Well, if Henry Higgins is listening, let's play a little bit of Anne's
1: accent. Cause yeah. I want, I want somebody to tell me. Yeah,
0: if you're British, please inform us. This is like a Midlands accent. So this is a Bristol accent, I don't know. And how do you like Devonshire, Miss Dashwood? Have you found any smart bow here?
2: I suppose there cannot be so many here as there are in Sussex. Anne, must you always be talking of both? I suppose some young ladies don't care for them, but I think they're vastly agreeable, provided they dress smart and behave civil. But I cannot bear to see them dirty and nasty, can you? Um, no. We've heard all about your sister's conquest and that Mr Willoughby is the smartest beau that anyone could wish for and prodigious handsome too. <gasps> It'll be a fine thing to have a married so young. And I hope you may have as good luck yourself soon. But perhaps you have a friend in the corner already.
0: <laughs> she sounds like somebody, not like not seeing her face and just hearing her voice. <laughs> what? <laughs> she sounds like somebody, and I'm trying to, for the life of me, figure out who Is she it sounds me? like. No. Flurka Slurka Dirkie Bergen. That's you good. Sure? That's close, but no, that's not it.
1: I no. almost thought it was Swedish at first. By the way, <laughs> like I thought I had like a Swedish like tone to it. I don't know. And it's it's weird to me that she has a totally different accent than Lucy.
0: Okay, so what else we got here? Uh, we have, oh, well, uh, something I need to mention because it, has been dri- driving at me and I haven't been able to find any information. Uh, and I don't think this is the case, but does not the cottage that they are living in look exactly the same as the cottage they're living in in the 95 version? Yes. It looks ex- like, like to the point where it looks like the same room in the same shots. And maybe, maybe just in England, they built cottages that were very similar at that time. I don't know, but, but I, I, don't even believe they filmed it in the same place but the house looks exactly the same so are you fronting this conspiracy forward yes this this they didn't want they wanted to make us forget about the previous sense sensibility but then they go and film it in the same damn house because yeah, andrew davies wanted exciting stuff like
1: the same cottage and exactly sex.
0: exactly <laughs> you fucking... although actually that cottage i looked it up and you can go uh stay there if you want it's a uh, me yeah like absolutely just, well will you go with me well you have a passport i don't so you got an advantage on me i'll get you in all right <laughs> let's do this uh. Uh, so yeah i uh, folks if you have any idea let me know I, I again i don't think it is the same one but by god it looks exactly the same i'd have to go back and watch them again and i'm not going to do that <laughs> oh one more
1: thing i, I did want to mention that it puts this above all uh the other I mean puts it about the go between, puts it about Dr. Zhivago is the music in this movie. Yeah. It's not just like that stock TV music that we complained about last time no. or during those movies. It's like you heard some of it right off the top. It's it's actually it sounds like it was composed for this. Yeah. Not just like, oh let's see what Kevin McLeod's got here. Let's just see
0: what's in the library.
1: Yeah. I I, I think it was I think it was lovely.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not it's not just a guy standing in front of a keyboard pressing one key on a synthesizer just going blah.
1: I would love if that was the music.
0: Like, it sounds like the Warriors. Like,
1: hello. <laughs> I'm declaring my love.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we get fucking Inception trailer music. <laughs> I also do feel that there's one scene that they will never top in the 90s one, and that is the final one with. Oh, Edward yeah, absolutely. I, I, yes,
0: absolutely. Yes. I was going to say, because throughout this movie, I thought, uh, what's her name? That there, plays Eleanor? In this one? Yes. Uh
1: Hattie Moreham. Hattie Moreham. She's great. I also th- I also find it crazy, just to, real quick, I find it crazy that she said she never watched the Emma Thompson one because yeah. I got vibes of that, of her, from, from this performance. Well,
0: maybe that's just how good actresses they yeah. are, that they were able to pull the same things from the text. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the, she is great throughout the movie. Like, she's a great Eleanor. I, I have no problems with her performance. But that last scene, man, Emma Thompson fucking kills it. Yeah. And she does she does okay, but she that's just fine. doesn't hit it in the same raw way that Emma Thompson does. This
1: version also doesn't have the confidence to do the crying throughout the speech thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think really
0: sold it last because time. Last part time. of it, to me, was that they were in the room with everybody else when he's doing this as a to this version where they go out of the room into a separate room yeah yeah yeah. and also i think that
1: this mini series that this version um has that that another scene earlier where eleanor cries and i don't think it it doesn't work as well if that's you've already seen her do it yeah like i think in the in the original movie this is the first time you see her really get emotional that's true because we do
0: see her cry in this version when she's talking when she's telling marianne about how she's been holding in all her feelings and stuff and the fact that she does feel
1: and in the not in the in the film she does get a little bit emotional in that scene, but she doesn't full on yeah. burst into tears. No, she saves that. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, 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 you jerk it and you jerk it and you jerk it and you jerk it, but you don't, you don't, you don't come to the end. Uh, yeah. I like how you're not even going to address that. No, I just want to let that
0: hang. Brendan's canceled. <laughs> um, and this may cancel me too, but, uh, uh, God. so the mom is 40. I don't believe that. I think she's an older lady than that.
1: I'll look it up right now. Please Contin- do. And, and see, see how
0: old she was in 2008. Continue to vamp. And that's nothing against her. I just don't believe she's 40. I mean, but then again, again, we can argue that back then people looked older because the world was much harder and much sadder. Mm-hmm. Keep vamping. Also, there were slaves. We don't see any, but they're there because it's 1795 and slavery is not illegal in the British Empire. Uh, she was
1: 46. Okay. All right. So I was right. Yeah. So you're not canceled yet. No. Six years, though, It'd be hard on a person.
0: I don't know why I'm shitting on her. She's lovely. I have nothing against the actress that played this. She was great.
1: She's good. And I th- and, and again, much like uh, Eleanor, the Hattie Moorhead reminded me of Emma Thompson. Charity Wakefield reminded me a lot of Kate Winslet. And I actually thought as a 28-year-old actress, she's very convincing as a young younger person.
0: I was talking actually about the mother.
1: No, I know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying... You're just saying in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, yes, she's good. And I'm also saying that Charity Wakefield, who plays Marianne, reminded me a lot of reminded me of kate winslet and also was very convincing
0: for to play someone much younger than herself here's a question Seven. Uh, so in the film version when um mary mary Ann is you know going out into the rain and, and doing whatever and having her moment and then she falls and hurts her ankle um are you talking about the earlier one yeah or the this one is when we... willoughby first shows okay, up yeah yeah so in the 95 version, Willoughby shows up on this horse and he comes over and he rescues her. In this one, Willoughby just kind of shows up. What the fuck was he doing out there? Where was he that he just suddenly walks over? They're in the middle of a field, like, like, or down by the water and all of a sudden he's just there, like... It's very plot convenient. Yeah, it's very <laughs> plot convenient. Whereas at least in the previous one, Willoughby was on the horse so you could expect that, oh, maybe he caught sight of them and then rode himself over real fast.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would argue that this overall miniseries is more true to the book... Mm-hmm. But I feel like it really shows... And I mean, this is not a real big slam. Like I enjoyed this miniseries. Me it was too. A, it was much more than most of, yeah, was the same, was the most of the ones we've covered this month yeah. so far. Um, I enjoyed this miniseries, but like I think it proves to me that when movies do a little artistic license and take out certain things, it's a lot of times it's for the better. Because yeah. I think the stuff that the movie doesn't include, most of it... Does not need to be in it? Like, I th- I mean, you could argue the thing with Lucy and her sister, which I think is fine. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff. And it provides, you know, some funny moments and stuff. But there's lots of little things here, like the duel, like making yeah. everyone more manly and all that stuff. Like, that's not necessary. And there's other things that are not. Like, the opening
0: scene with the sex, sexy seduction And, shit. and why would you ever question... Colonel Brandon's manliness. The man served in the East Indies for the British Army. He's as manly as he needs to be. He was Alan Rickman. He wasn't in the British Navy. Let's get that straight. All
1: Alan Rickman, all already manly.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: he could slammed the Navy again. No, always <laughs> Rumsodomy in the last. Brandon Oh, uh, all right there, Winston. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I get. I mean, I guess I skipped to the overall thoughts, but that's just kind of what I wanted to say. Is that yeah. It's just, it's
0: just. I think, it, I think artistic license is fine sometimes. Uh, some of the slow motion canoodling. It's like, again, why is it so hard to get a fucking slow motion camera to do it in proper slow motion instead of doing this fucking video slowdown bullshit? Oh, like the video toaster the frames. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Come on! In two thousand eight, we had avid, we had cameras that could do slow motion. Christ, spend a few bucks, you cheap assholes. <sighs> Also, everybody's into poetry because you know why, Brendan. And I think I said this in the last one. There was nothing to do in the 1700s, so everybody's sitting around reading poetry because they're rich and idle. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays, it's Billy like, Idol. It's like I would just go watch a movie or play a game or Eric Idle or Eric Idle.
1: <laughs> the best Idle. Well, Eric Idle versus Billy Idol. You decide. I'm.
0: I would pay to see that on pay per view. <sighs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, a big part of this movie, and I, and I would have to imagine, and, and Jane Austen fans help me out here, uh, I would have to imagine a big part of her work is that everybody is completely hung up on convention and procedure. Nobody wants to say what they actually feel, because there is a way to do things, there is a thing to say, there is a way to say it, you do it that way, or you suck it up and fuck off. <laughs> and so that seems... Because nobody... You know what? This movie would be about five minutes long if she just was like, I love you, Willoughby. Will you marry me? And he'd have to be like, oh, I can't. And then the movie's over.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, again, this is very much of the time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, in, 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 of the culture, of the time, absolutely. And, I mean, it, it, that's probably still a problem with you British people today. Yeah, you're on notice, British people. Oh, God, Fucking get over it. Open up a bit. We want to hear what you have to say. Sure, it might be boring. Sure, it might not be relevant, but we want to hear it. Jason just alienating their audience as always. I kid because I love. I love the British. It's my heritage. I kid because I love. You cornered dickheads. Point it out, out on a map right now. Uh, Right here.
1: That's Mexico. Oh. What about here? That's Australia. Huh. Interesting. We me just... Mexico again. Damn it. One of these days I'll know where England is. You've got 75 more movies to get this right. I, I
0: promise. Okay.
1: Well, I want to get... Uh, unless there's something, anything else you want to say about the mo- uh, the miniseries, I'll get to the uh, kind of very brief critique section here from, from other critics, what they said about this thing. Uh,
0: I laughed. Because <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of jokes in this movie. <laughs> I just like if you said, I laughed. I laughed. Uh, there's not a lot of jokes in this movie. Um, and this one was not in the 95 version, but they when they go to London, um, Mrs.... Um, Sir John's mother-in-law. Yeah, is yeah. whatever she puts them up in her daughter Charlotte's apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they're in there, she points out uh, the on the wall hanging is a a, uh, a colored silk that their daughter made. And she's like, oh, that Charlotte made that. She's like, ah, seven years at school and that's all we have to show for it. <laughs> it sounds like my parents pointing to my journalism degree. <laughs> Mrs. Jen- Mrs. Jennings, by the way. Mrs. Jennings, yes, of, yeah. Mrs. Jennings. She's like, oh, well, that's all we have to show for her, seven years at school. <laughs> was it weird that Charlotte Flair played her? <laughs> yeah, well, considering she was about eight. I don't think that's true. Sixteen? Probably, probably closer. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we also get a brief glance of some falconing going on, which, as we know from Kess, is a classic English hobby.
1: Was David Bradley in this movie? No, unfortunately. David. I wish.
0: I wish that we could have had two in a row. <laughs> Zulu Dawn, check it out. Uh, overall, my thoughts on this movie, Brendan. Remember how I was talking about Dr. Shivago and I said that it was like the the rainy afternoon movie? It's like, oh, we're going to watch, uh, we read this book, now we're going to watch the movie. We're going to watch the miniseries version because it's a little closer to the book and you kids will like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said that that was a terrible, terrible thing to do to a child. Um, this movie is like that in the sense that this is the one that they would show in school. I have to imagine because it is closer to the book. But it turns out this one's actually pretty good. It's pretty enjoyable, uh, and and way easier to watch than the Doctor Zhivago. So the overall, this is a pretty good movie, um, a pretty good mini series, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and and like I say, the uh, Dan Stevens as Ma- as as Matthew, Dan Stevens as Edward was a, was a great choice. Uh, I, I thought. Because he had played Matthew on um, Downton Abbey, who has... It was kind of a similar thing with the character on that show where they're kind of clearly into each other, but then situation and time prevents them from getting together until, spoiler alert for Downton Abbey, if you don't want to know, they eventually do get together. And just as they're getting that modicum of happiness, as is common in Downton Abbey, something terrible happens, and Matthew, who's coming back from wherever, crashes his car and dies... Spoiler alert. So they're not happy. But Edward and, and Eleanor, absolutely happy. Uh, because we don't see what happens afterwards, so we don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're off the hook. That's right. Jane Austen, why didn't you write a sequel to this book? I want to know what happens. She did. It's called *Sense and Sensibility* and *Sea Monsters*. Right. Yeah. The sea monsters show up. Yeah. So. By the way, <laughs> folks, I read a summary of that book, and, and if you like *Sense and Sensibility*, give that a read. Uh, the the summary is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, so you're saying uh, you like this one?
0: I do. I do. Uh, and if you. Want to watch this? You couldn't do wrong going with this series. Like I say, the the film has a few performances that maybe are a little better because Emma Thompson is is awesome, and Alan Rickman is fucking Alan Rickman. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet is a, you know she's an Oscar winner. Uh, Hugh Grant. Actually, loves fucking chicks and cars. I don't think Kate Winslet has won an Oscar yet. No. No, I think. Didn't that's... she get nominated? She's been nominated several times. Yeah, like... she got nominated for Titanic, didn't she? Hey Siri. Was Kate Winslet nominated for an Academy Award?
1: I'm not sure if Kate Winslet was nominated, but I can help you search for film nominations.
0: Shut up, Siri.
1: Never mind. So, yeah, Kate Winslet, I think she's one of those people, it's like, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, mm-hmm. in terms of the uh, Academy Awards. But yeah, no, and, and I will say, if I'm if it's down to the wire for me between these two, I'm, I'm gonna say I prefer the 90s movie, yep. but... Yeah, this one's good. Yeah. It's 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 a perfectly fine adaptation and I, no, I'd i say even better than perfectly fine. I'd say it's a good adaptation. If you have a book report to do probably watch this one. Yeah, it's entertaining yeah. and it's well acted and it's yeah, everyone's great. Yeah,
0: everyone's great and everything's fine and we're all good, Jason. Yeah, the, the British television has shown that it knows how to make period pieces in the last 15 years and it's done it very well. I mean, they've always done that to some extent, but really they've really nailed it for the last 15 years. We'll you say. nailed it! Nailed it! Well, that having been said, um, I, I mean, critics, I have a lot
1: of quotes and shit. But basically, everyone says that it's great. Yeah, Everyone liked it, except for the Jane Austen
0: Society thought it was raunchy. But it's really not like like, it's funny because before the movie started, I'd read a little bit about it and about that part about being oh, it's more sexy and raunchy. And so I'm watching it. You know, I got my dick out and I'm waiting, and nothing, nothing shows up. I mean, we get that one brief scene at the beginning, and then there's a little bit of canoodling later on, but that's it. I mean, but you still did jerk off. Oh yeah, I mean, no question. But it was a lot harder and longer, and I had to involve.
1: And we're going to cut out. Never mind. Never mind. So. So, Jason, I know originally the plan here was uh, to wrap it up right now. Okay. To go back to the dice roll. Sure. But.
0: We got one more. We've got one more. One more,
1: folks. We have to talk about this one. One more. It's uh, it's a sequel. So, next week, we're going to be looking at the sequel to Room at the Top, which was, I believe, number 32 on the list. We're going to be looking at 1965's Life at the Top. Not a movie we expected to have a sequel to. No. <laughs> of all the movies on the list. Which I then found out, I almost said we were going to do two more of these, because I, there was also a movie called Man at the Top, which is a spin-off of the TV series that follows Life at the Top. Is the TV series like a, like a direct sequel to Life at the Top? I don't know if it's that, or yeah, I think it's just a continuation. Huh. So there's Life at the Top, there is a TV series called Man at the Top, and then there's a spinoff of that TV series into a movie called Man at the Top. And not Lawrence Harvey. So fuck that shit. Yeah, really. He's probably dead by then. There's a good chance. I don't think he, I don't, I think he died a very long time ago. But yeah, uh, so next week, 1965's Life at the Top. You can probably find it somewhere on the interwebs. If you can't, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. You don't don't even
0: have to go to the trouble of watching it. We'll do, do it for you. So that'll be next
1: week. Uh, Jason, though, they can follow us everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere on the Facebook. You can search for us for Screen and Country. You can find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can also follow this guy here to my right, Jason McLeod, on Twitter. That's at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. And you, know, you can follow him on there He talks about Kate Winslet's Oscar nominations He retweets um, A lot of alt-right propaganda uh, what, what else do you do on there Jason? I
0: do love Alex Jones uh, I, uh, I, I talk about Dick Cavett Occasionally uh, Sometimes I, I respond to somebody with Hey good job So yeah lots of stuff going on god that's part of your that's part of your average. i try to be positive online you know okay. I, 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 be except nice for your to except for your alt-right retweeting well i mean yes but but you know what alex jones he's just got a lot to say yeah and i just want people to
1: hear it i want to know his opinion on seahorses they're making the frogs gay jim ross
0: <laughs> by god they're making the frogs gay <laughs> okay. jesus god he broke them in half because he's Gay frog. Welcome this gay frog, and it's it's an actor. Is that the only Alex Jones line I think I can quote? Is the the gay frog thing? But it's a, it's a goddamn actor. <laughs> can we just do a, a podcast as Jim Ross, both of us? Yes. Or or I'll be Jim Ross, you be Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that'll be next week, though. No. <laughs> Live at the top. Wow, twenty feet off the top. That's what I'm saying. This is a damn good movie. <laughs> It's mankind's favorite movie. In fact, really like Lawrence Harvey, but I didn't like him in that first one.
1: He liked it better than man falling off the top. Yeah, well, that's the McFoley story. Yeah, <laughs> we got to pitch that. Get Vince McMahon on the phone. Ring ring. So, <laughs> yes. With all that being said, Jason, I just have one thing to say to you.
0: What's that? God save the queen. God. God didn't do this you did this you're a fucking narcotics agent that's what I was trying to get to but never mind uh, God save the screen <laughs> for Screening Country I'm Brendan and I'm Jason and I'm a little scared <laughs> tell me about the fucking golf shoes if a walk through the
2: garden you better watch your back Will I beg your pardon So I
0: was out with this girl the other night and she said that she hated Star Wars. Can you believe that?
3: I could top that. My latest date told me
0: he
1: didn't like black and white movies. What? What? Do you have a movie deal breaker is there a film you love so much that if your significant other didn't like it it would be splitsville
0: well, we're dating hosts greg and lauren and in our podcast movie date night we introduce each other to our favorite movies and see if our relationship can survive and if our partners appreciate the movies as much as we do
1: find us wherever podcasts are available and follow us at movie date night on facebook or twitter to talk movies with us
0: Hey everyone, it's Chris and Mike from The Recasting Couch. The podcast where we take our favorite movies and discuss what they would be like with new actors in all the lead roles. Hey Mike, tell them where they can find us on social media. You can find our website at therecastingcouch.com or on Twitter at RecastingPod. And of course, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Yeah, if there's a service that's not posting our pod, you let us know and we will rectify that immediately. Damn right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody.